0: Hey, everybody. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe joining you early Wednesday-ish morning. Yeah, it's Wednesday. Uh, just turned after midnight here on the East Coast. I'm joined by Josh Bowe. We just witnessed probably the most points the Mavericks will ever give up in a playoff game ever again. They got slaughtered by the Los Angeles Clippers, 154 to 111. Josh, any
1: thoughts? Um, Maybe most points they'll ever give up just in a game. Period. I think this was the record, regardless of the playoffs or regular season. I've
0: watched the Mavericks; anything is possible. Yeah, he's giving up lots of points. I don't know uh, how I feel about that.
1: Yeah, I no. <laughs> uh Thoughts are weird. We, you know, we just talked about uh, right before we went on the air. Where I was like, I don't know what. I don't know if there's anything to write. And you're like, don't, don't write anything, anything, because this game is just so like, when a team thoroughly kicks your ass so hard, this much, it's just like you know you want to you can't even be like well Prazingis like Prazingis doesn't no he doesn't make up for that yeah you know it's it's this is this was just like a cosmic ass kicking that was written in the stars that I don't know if the Mavericks could have done too much to prevent Uh, they could have made it at least not look as bad but uh, this was just never I don't know I'm not one for like uh, you know sometimes it's not your night but this this was not their this was yeah. just not their night. Uh, they didn't have it, man. They just didn't well, have it.
0: So the Mavericks came out firing early. Actually, yeah. nice. I was really worried about the uh, the Tim Hardaway effect because he hit some early shots, which sometimes makes him turn into Tim Hardaway that we don't like watching.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: but then essentially what happened was Kawhi Leonard um, turned into like Megatron and just started... But like just barreling down the lane. There's an incredible clip put out by the, the guy, Patrick, who runs the ringer social, where you just watch him shoving uh, Dorian out of the way with his off arm. And I'm not talking like blatant, but it's, it's a clear offensive foul. But I do understand why the refs don't call it, because it's like a two-inch movement by Kawhi. And each time, whoever's guarding him, I'm pretty sure it's Dorian, just goes flying, and then the guy lays it in. So he had like a ton of points in the first quarter. And so by the time that first quarter was over and it was 22 to 41, it felt done then.
1: Yes, it did. Uh, I believe the Clippers, the huge run, they were. it was 24 to 2 in 4 minutes and 3 seconds. And my Lord, it is – I mean, I know we're in this crazy offensive era in the NBA, but it is hard to score 24 points in an NBA game in 4 minutes. Like that is a lot of points and not a lot of time uh and the clippers did it and they did it in a playoff game and uh it was very much a like we're sick of this shit game i think from mm-hmm. the clippers uh it felt very obvious that they were not amused watching highlights of luca walking in the locker room and getting water sprayed over him like the mavericks just won a championship yeah. uh they're there you can tell they were just pissed off about that and every we can talk about how weird the energy they give off is because they kind of act like uh you know they act. They don't really act like a team that's been here before. But whatever, they're good. They're talented, and the Mavericks at full strength still have an uphill challenge against this team. Uh, so without Chris Stops, without Dwight Powell, without Jalen Brunson, uh, with Luca on a bad ankle, it's just like Game Four was it just kind of further emphasizes how magical game four was and how historic of uh, Lucas performance was. Cause this is really, this is closer to the reality than what game four was. If we're being completely honest, like uh, it's, it it sucks, but you know, at least there was that game four moment in, and they had, they won game two. Like they're doing things that I didn't expect, but the Clippers are the Clippers, man. They are a buzzsaw their talent one through eight is unlike almost any other team in the nba and when they have their heads on right and when they're focused and when they care they are a terminator of a team and i don't even know like i'm just what how do you look at this game and be like all right let's make some adjustments it's like man i don't know just just play harder i guess it's 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 a tough loss I, i'm i'm just struggling to talk about it
0: well between you and me um our our podcasting uh, uh, host just punted me so much like the the Dallas Mavericks offense I I uh our podcast things seem to fail so can you hear me just checking yeah I can hear you that's wild I literally dropped off the call for 40 seconds and was going no. anyways we're here <laughs> and you know we're gonna leave this end because it's late and I don't think our audience cares we're all uh going through <laughs> this together um I do I do think it actually is worth talking a little bit about the specific thing you told me to write about this in the recap and it's kind of the bulk of my recap as far as what the Clippers decided to do differently. Um, You're smarter than me about this, even though I wrote on it. So why don't you you kind of talk about what the Clippers did defensively to really fluster the Mavericks?
1: Well, I think they kind of realized, you know, in game four, Luca was kind of getting whatever he wanted in the drop coverage and against mismatches. So not only did they stop playing less drop coverage, they stopped switching as easily. And basically what they did in every pick and roll was they ignored the screener. I mean, when you think about the Mavericks and their what you know fuels their offense, it's Luka in the pick and roll. It's Luka in the pick and roll with Dwight Powell and Kristaps Porzingis and and spacing the floor with shooters. You have Dwight Powell setting the screen and Kristaps, you know, thirty feet from the rim and and Tim Hardaway Jr. in the corner and Dorian Finney Smith the other corner. Like it, you know, Dwight Powell, you know, going downhill and and Luca being crafty. Like that is when they're clicking and. When you take away Kristaps and you take away Dwight Powell and you got Maxi Kleba, uh, who, you know, God bless him, he's trying and he's going he's going through some shit, man. He's not having a great series, but he is still, you know, giving effort. But he is not a guy that the Clippers care about when he is setting a screen, whether he's rolling or whether he's popping, because if he's popping, they could care less if he's shooting threes with how he's shooting threes in the series. And rolling, he's just not as – he's gotten better from his rookie season, but he – is nowhere near a Dwight Powell or even a Przingis in terms of the presence and the timing and uh, the command he deserves uh, rolling down the rim. So basically, you know, Luca's getting a screen set for him, and, the, and whoever's guarding the screener is jumping out. It's not a switch, it's more, it's, it's a really hard show. Uh, and then he's letting the defender who's getting screened, you know, get back into the play. And this entire time, they don't care. You know, I, there's some help defense shaded towards, towards Max you or ever set the screen. But to be, be honest, they don't care. They, you know, as long as Luka is not getting an easy, pass, an easy pass to someone in a good position or easy shot, like, what does it matter? This Mavericks team doesn't have enough guys that can hurt you when you play that kind of defense, um, mm. you know, despite how good Trey Burke and Seth Curry have been. So, yeah, like when the pick and roll is your engine and – half of that engine is gone basically when you don't have the, the deadly screeners and Kristaps Android pal. it's hard. It puts a lot on Luca to kind of just create something out of nothing. And when he has a bum ankle, that's really hard for him. I, it,
0: a lot of lost. bodies in the lane. Yeah. I, I think the, the thing, you know, and, and uh, gosh, there's this guy, um, I think his name is Justin Russo. Fly by night is uh is his Twitter handle. And he was sharing some of these statistics Uh, following game four. And the guy who's actually really stonewalled Luca is uh, Zubac. Yeah. (laughs) And if there's one thing I'm taking away from the series and you're watching, you know, I just probably two things. One is Luca needs to make free throws because he's shooting 68% on the series. And you know, you can, he's too good for that. It's just, there's too many points on the board. But Mm -hmm. the the other thing that I'm really taking away is that Luca is going to have to figure out the next counter to big men who learn to stay home on him. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think that's going to be the next read, because he's not a guy with with, with hyper-athleticism. He he gets away with ball fakes and a lot of sidesteps and really kind of uh, crafty and power maneuvers. But what do you do when a guy who's six inches taller than you simply puts his hands up in the air? Um, Boban Marjanovic could also learn to put his hands up in the air, but that's a story for a different day. Uh, uh, Zubac just stood there a lot of the times. And Luka, to his credit, didn't force up many shots which is, I suppose, a good thing, but it essentially was the the end to a lot of possessions where he'd have to either pass out, get the ball back, and reset. And I don't really remember them making that many off of that. And I, I think that's gonna be that that was really what the Clippers realized, in addition to you know, blitzing him. It was essentially holding their ground with bigger guys, and it worked. And Luka's gonna have to figure something out. He had his floater game going early. But he he sort of went away from that to an extent because they're you know later in the in the first and second quarters when he's running pick and rolls with Boban the lane's so clogged he doesn't really have that option. Um, Felt like very '90s ish basketball for a moment there with him. So that was that's kind of the thing that I that that I'm taking away as far as there's very little that I really want Luka to improve, but I do think that that's going to stand out on tape to where if you just tell you're big, you're Rudy Goberts, you're you're uh any sort of you know tall defensive big don't bite on his fake we'll live with it just put your hands up and i'm i'm very curious to see what he develops and he will he's he's too smart to figure this out i mean you know does that make sense kind of rambling. yeah no
1: you're you're right and then another counter to that though is him becoming a better three-point shooter because then he can step into those threes off the pick and roll a lot better you know a lot easier a lot more confidently uh if the big is just gonna be like all right, I'm gonna meet you at the rim, well he'll walk into that he'll walk into that three and then uh that that will help, and it will get guys to be more fearful of him out at the three point line I mean they already kind of are they they guard mm-hmm. him like he's a good three point shooter but 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 that will help if he's a good three point shooter that'll help loosen things yeah. up a bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, past that, the rest of the Mavericks, you know, like like Seth Curry was a complete non-factor, negative 27, which was shocking compared to how good he's been in the first game. Uh, yeah. You know, DeLon Wright got some burn, and we were reminded almost immediately of why he he hasn't gotten burned, and in my opinion, why I think the Mavericks will look to move him. He just, he's playing like a guy with the yips, uh, just completely unaware of the things he's supposed to do. I've gone from being frustrated to feeling bad. Like it's yeah. painful watching this guy play basketball. He looks lost. Yeah. Um, and, and you know the the rest of the starters, like you know, Dorian Finney Smith and Maxi Klepa shot five of ten from three. You know, they grabbed ten boards between the two of them. They played pretty good defense. You know, Dorian had some really crushing turnovers whenever they're trying to get back in the game early. Um, but I, I just taking the long view i'm having a hard time you know earlier in the year i was so pissed at these guys over every little thing (laughs) and now i'm just like these are undrafted guys these are guys that are playing you know it's like what we talked about they're they're playing probably two spots up in the rotation compared to where they're best suited so what do you do about that
1: yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and then, you know, and they're playing, and that's two spots up when you have everyone healthy. And right. now someone's not healthy. Your second star is not healthy. Guess what? They're one or two more spots higher than that. So uh, yeah. that's just not a good, and it's kind of funny. Like, you know, the, they weren't too terribly afraid of the shooters because they really were trying to stop Luca. And the Mavs starters outside of Luca hit their threes um it just wasn't it just wasn't enough it just wasn't like the clippers were like okay you'll get us once or twice here but but we with the way we're we're gunning on offense like you're gonna have to keep you know like it was just an unsustainable pace like the Mavericks shot 30 percent from three but their starters Kleba two of four and finney smith three of six burke two of three hardaway three of seven like that's good that's like I would take that a lot of nights for the Maverick starters from from three, uh, considering where, where they can be. Uh, it just wasn't like it just wasn't enough to scare the clippers into doing something different, you know? Like mm-hmm. uh, and, and then the bench just didn't really have it. And we were talking the last game in game four. Remember how we were like, man, Trey Burke and Seth Curry are shooting like eighty percent combined yep. in this series? And it's like Imagine if they shot 75%, which would still be otherworldly, but they would have lost, like, game four and maybe game two. Uh, and you kind of saw that, right? Like, Trey Burke, 15 points on 11 shots, 6 of 11 shooting. That's still really – that's great for him, but it's not 7 of 8 shooting in 25 – you know, like, it's the margins the Mavericks are playing with, with the roster that they have. They're They're razor thin. They almost have to pitch perfect games. Uh, to 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 be to, to get a win, uh, and they were obviously they were obviously not perfect tonight. Well,
0: you know, and before we get out of here, I do think we have to talk about the the thing that was really vexing everybody. And I wrote about it in the recap, and I'm probably gonna get fired up again. But I'm just
1: yeah, get fired up. I'm not fired up. So you can
0: language fired up. language warning. I have to make this one explicit again. But I mean, tell me why the fuck I know who Kane Fitzgerald is.
1: I don't know man. who
0: are you? You're the asshole who threw LeBron James out of the only game he's ever been out of. You are the balding man with a terrible hairline who threw <laughs> Kirk that That out of out of game one that effectively changed this series. You're the guy that threw Luca or uh, uh Rick Carlisle out of the game tonight when Rick Carlisle was right about your crew's bad refereeing decision on a coach's challenge. They lost control of this game when the game was up 30 points. There were six technical fouls handed out in this game, and it's all because this crew didn't know what it was doing. I am tired of knowing what referees' names are. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to be that guy. It's boring. It's not fun. The last few games I felt were called evenly. I felt most of this game was called evenly, but I still have to hear about who this asshole is once again. And I'm tired (laughs) of it. I'm watching this thing right now where they don't have control of the game. Marcus Morris intentionally tried to hurt Luka Doncic. He should be held out of the next game or fined or something. And I'm watching the refs on slow motion, watch him walk towards Luka and step on his ankle on purpose. And after the game, you know, by the time this gets published and this is going out there, this is going to be a thing in the NBA. There are bigger things happening in the world right now. okay? and so it's just a basketball game. And Doc Rivers is talking about, you know, social justice and Jacob Blake getting shot by the police and. You know, the fact that I'm having to talk about something like this, which makes me fired up, I should be more fired up about other things. But watching this happen on replay to Luka and watching the refs be unable to have any sort of control in this game means the NBA officials once again misunderstand what their role is and don't seem to understand the basic aspects of their job. This is just, it was frustrating. Because if Luca, you know, what if he hurts his ankle on this thing? What if he really hurts his ankle and they don't call foul? This is like when Jalen Brunson got maimed in the middle of the Hawks game for no foul, and it ruined the Mavericks season. This sort of crap is why replay is supposed to exist, and these guys use it for the weirdest stuff. I don't know.
1: (laughs) I like this. This is good, Uh, but – I can't disagree with anything you're saying, and my thing has always been, like, the the calls, the blown calls on, like, fouls and, like, oh, they didn't see this guy step out of bounds. Like, that's the stuff that, like, will piss me off, but I will eventually, after the game, be like, you know what, I get it. Like, players miss shots, refs miss calls. Like, that's human nature that they cannot call sure. perfect game and all that stuff it's what you're talking about six technical fouls and then the marcus morris thing like there's six technical
0: the game f- was by 20 points like
1: what yeah. are you doing right like it's the things that they have in their control that aren't bang bang oh i just missed this it's the things that they're they're going out of their way to damper the enjoyment of watching the basketball game and that's the whole point that's the whole point. Is we want to watch? Is it? It's an entertainment product. We want to watch. We want to watch the game. The NBA wants to make money because we want to. You know, they make money when we're enjoying watching the game. So this by this weird by the you know trying to be by the book in terms of all this bullcrap after the fa- after the whistle shenanigans like just you know just get out of you know get out of the way you know get out of the way enough to where. It's not a, a, a circus, but also that you're not actively uh, dampering the enjoyment of the game. It's just there's a balance there that the, that NBA officials just seem to be unable to grasp night in and night out. Like, man, six technical fouls in a game that's decided by 40 points, and one of those technical fouls not being on Marcus Morris is like, what are we doing here? You know, like, ah, it's just it's too much. And, yeah, you know, the Clippers are a little extra chirpy. I get it. You know, the Mavericks are trying not to uh, be punked. Uh, It's very clear that they do not want to seem like a team that's going to get pushed around. But it's got to be a better way to go about it because it's not fun to watch. I'm not enjoying watching a ref show in a 40-point game. Yeah. Well, you know, but I don't know. (laughs) Other than that, how was your – Also, like,
0: really firm hearty congratulations, the number two seed in the West – Los Angeles Clippers for overcoming adversity and beating the number seven seed Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> I, I just I really want to issue that to them and their clown show. You know, just the what's going on. That sideline stuff. We, we really gotta have our own it looked like jackasses. Like, I don't know. That's probably too much. They're I, I like like half their players. We're probably gonna sign Marcus Morris, and I'm gonna have to think about this crap.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that would be such a that's such a maveric thing. It's move, the most right? Mavericks thing. Oh, yeah, guy who
0: guy who fucks you must sign him.
1: <laughs> hey at least he's a wing and he's not <laughs> he's not like a 6-3 guard or something that they've already got like eight of them uh so i guess there's that <sighs> i don't know I mean, i'm yawning this is not this is not good oh no kirk did we lose kirk hello ladies and gentlemen we are still recording but i do not hear kirk We might have lost Kirk. Okay. Well, it looks like we have lost Kirk. Technical malfunction. Hey, the Mavericks malfunction. We malfunction. It happens. Uh, So we're just going to call this podcast again. The Mavericks uh, lose to the Clippers 154-111. Clippers shoot 63% from the field, 62.9% from three. An unbelievable shooting performance. The Mavericks just did not have it. Clippers responded after a devastating Game 4 loss. We'll see what the Mavericks have to respond Game 6. That is Thursday night. Kirk and I will be back again, and we will either be excitedly talking about a Game 7, or we will start uh, dissecting the Mavericks season Uh, and what an exciting season it is, no matter what happens on Thursday night. So let's get out of here. Uh, for for Kirk, this is Josh Mavs Moneyball After Dark, Mavericks lose game 5 to the Clippers we'll be back Thursday night